I'm Zach Cohen, and you're listening to The Top 3 Podcast, Season 2. Welcome back to The Top 3 Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. I'm Zach Cohen with Miguel Munoz, and today's episode, we're doing college football. This season, as we went over in the trailer... It's just going to be one main top three, and we'll deviate a little off of that with some maybe subtopics and other things that are relevant to the larger topic, but it's going to be mainly about our main top three, which is our top three biggest contenders this season. Miguel, you got anything to add? Yeah, so this episode is just going to be about college football. We're going to have a very general discussion, just go back and forth, go where the conversation takes us, and this episode is just going to be us two, but in the future, you should expect more exciting guests to come more exciting as in more exciting guests or more exciting guests than last season miguel both but all right let's get into it miguel who's your third biggest contender for this season's college football playoff so third i'm gonna say notre dame i know people would disagree with it but i think especially if they beat clemson which i think is possible i think they're obviously going to be solidly in the number two spot and i think they've actually looked Better than I expected this season. I don't think they're the best team in college football, but they've been fine. They barely beat Clemson at home, and Clemson didn't have their best player in Trevor Lawrence. So I think that Clemson are probably a better team, which is why I don't have Notre Dame in my top three. However, Notre Dame are a good team, but they made the playoff two years ago. Am I right with thinking that? Yeah, and they got and they lost 31-0. Yeah, they got killed. Yeah. But this season, Notre Dame are in a real conference, the ACC, which I think they should stay in. You agree on that, Miguel? Agreed, definitely. I mean, part of Notre Dame thing is like they're special, they're an independent, but realistically, it's better to know how good they are if they're in the ACC. Also, Clemson every year just steamrolls the ACC, so it's nice to see them have some competition. For me, in third, I got Texas A&M. Their resume took a pretty large hit with Florida losing to LSU as Florida was their biggest win. However, I think that if Notre Dame beat Clemson, which I don't think will happen, but if it happens, and if Ohio State loses a game or the committee doesn't see them fit enough to be in the playoff, I think that very easily Texas A&M could get into the playoff and maybe pull an upset here or there. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you normally, but one, I think that Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State are all more complete teams than Texas A&M, and especially now their win against Florida doesn't look that good especially considering I'm pretty sure they won on a game-winning field goal, so it wasn't like they they blew them out. And they also lost Alabama by three touchdowns. Yeah, Alabama's really good. Yeah, obviously. What a surprise. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think they could definitely get in if, like you said, if Ohio State loses against Northwestern or if Notre Dame beats Clemson, which I think is possible, but I don't think it will happen. Earlier you mentioned about a lot of games, rivalry games that we didn't see. We discussed this on the last episode, last college football episode we did. So just quick answer. What's your favorite rivalry game in college football? I've got to say Ohio State versus Michigan. I knew you'd say that. The game. Were Ohio State supposed to be 30-point favorites this year, though? They were They were 25-point favorites. Something ridiculous. I mean, we do not condone sports betting in any measure here on the top three podcast because we're in New York and it's illegal here. If we were based in New Jersey, maybe we'd have different views. Who knows? But Michigan haven't, you know, you'll notice better than me. Michigan haven't beat Ohio State in what, the past eight years? Eight years. Yep. Yeah. Even though they still have overall, Michigan is still leading. 
But Ohio yeah, State. because Michigan used to be dominant. In the, in the 80s and 90s, they yeah. killed. I know you didn't actually ask me, but for me, the my yeah. favorite rivalry game is, I mentioned this, for me, it's either Red River rivalry, although that's it doesn't one. really count. It's not a rivalry weekend game. Yeah, but it's still like a rivalry. I don't think it has to be rivalry weekend. Then for me, it's either the Egg Bowl. I love the Egg Bowl. Or the Iron Bowl. Best moment in college football history, in my opinion, with the kick six. For sure. You agree on that? Best moment in college football history? One of the, in recent memory, and, and since 2000, it's probably top three. What else could be up there? My second favorite. Um, it was at Ohio State versus the U- Texas. Who did you play in the national championship game a while back? Texas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, didn't you win in the last play of in like overtime or like the last play regulation? Like that. I don't know. I didn't watch it, of course. You should you have been born earlier. Also, um, or Vince Young's classic national championship winning drive. Also up there. Cam Newton as well. Or Watson to Renfro last second of the game. Yeah, that was crazy too. Or Tua coming out at halftime. Also crazy. Just a crazy sport, isn't it? My second team, I got Alabama, the Crimson Tide. What? You, you know you know who I'm having first, though. Like, don't even be surprised. I do that have... Bias. Okay, yeah, continue, but I want to hear your argument. I mean, the thing is, I just think that Clemson, they're the only team who have a... Quarterback is objectively the most important position in football, probably all the sports. I mean, the Super Bowl-winning Eagles proved us wrong there, but we move on. Yeah. Clemson, I think Trevor Lawrence is either the, be- is the best quarterback in college football, and they have, they're the only team with a quarterback who knows what it takes to deliver on the national championship stage because Alabama, they used um, Tua to win them the chip. Yeah, but why do you have Alabama second? That's why I have Clemson first. I have Alabama second because... There's a proven quarterback. Because they, they don't have the proven quarterback that Clemson do. I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but I don't see him being... I don't... I think that if they needed a last last dr- two minute drive, two minute drill down by four, I would trust Trevor Lawrence a lot more than I would trust Mac Jones. No, I agree with that. Although Devonta Smith, he'd look really good in big blue and white for next year. I'm just putting it out there. Let me. You have Clemson here, or Ohio State here? I have, I have Ohio State here. You, you didn't put Clemson in your top three. No, no. I would have put Ohio State in my top three, but they didn't play enough games. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But I don't know. It's it's tough. In second, I actually have Ohio State, and I know this isn't shocker. Oh my god! Fine, you're also biased, so we can both say we're biased. But I know some people would say Clemson is above them. I I get that, but Clemson has a loss. Ohio State doesn't, so that's why I put Notre Dame third. And I think Ohio State just hasn't had the chance to prove themselves. It's not. The, they only the only one of their games got canceled because of the coronavirus outbreak because of them, and two other games were canceled not because of them. So obviously it's not their fault. And they just just because they haven't played enough games doesn't mean they're a bad team. And I think they're definitely going to prove that they're still a worthy team. And people forget that Justin Fields was is one of the best quarterbacks in college football just because they played five games. And I think. Even start, if they if they play well against Northwestern, I think they'll definitely play well in the college football playoffs. Uh, speaking of Justin Fields, I have two questions for you, both Heisman related. Who would you have winning the Who do you have winning the Heisman this year? That's tough. Um, most people have Kyle Trask. I'm going to say Mac Jones. I'll check the betting odds according to a FanDuel again. 
do not condone betting in any way. Uh, Mac Jones is negative 160. So that means he is the odds-on favorite to win it. Yeah. And Kyle Trask wasn't on this article. Apparently, Devonta Smith is the only person who has a chance, other chance at plus 200. And then Kyle Trask is, if you put in $100, you get 800 back. Or plus eight hundred. Why do people have Kyle Trask so far? I've I've heard like so much talk about him. I think it's because of the loss against LSU. Yeah, I know that's true. But I think Mac Jones will definitely win now. I think that Ian Book is being slept on. Oh my God. I I like I, I think Notre Dame's a good team, but Ian Book is overrated. I mean, I don't think he's rated that highly. Every quarterback who ha- who's on a top five team will be rated highly. No, but no one's talking – like, everybody's talking about how Trevor Lawrence – Matt – Trevor Lawrence and Justin yeah, Fields no, are going to be the top two picks. He hasn't got a lot of press, but this year he has. Yeah. Is he Is he going to be drafted at all? I have no idea. Is he even a – is he a junior or a senior? I think he's a senior. We'll see come April. He'll probably be a fourth-rounder. I'll answer this question as well. I I have Mac Jones winning it, although I do think that it, it probably deserves to be Kyle Pitts. No, no. He's good. He's really good. He's good. Of course he's good, but there's plenty of good players. Kyle Pitts was stoppable in against LSU. They they stopped him pretty well until the fourth quarter. Well, they are DBU for a reason. No, they're not. Better they're not. No, Ohio Who's State. DBU? Who's DBU? Ohio State. No, I got LSU on that one. How? What do you mean, how? Ohio State has given like six cornerbacks in the last five drafts that are starters in the NFL. Uh, Tyron Matthew went to LSU. So? I'm just saying. One person. Who else do they have? They also have – I'm checking for you. They also have Jalen Collins, Eric Reed, Pat P. They have some good players. But those are from – okay, whatever. Here, I'll give you – Ohio State has Kendall Sheffield on the Falcons. Um, Von Bell, who's good, obviously. Uh, Denzel Ward, fourth pick in the draft. He's going to uh, destroy Jeff my Giants Hill. this weekend, isn't he? What do you say? He's going to destroy my Giants. Yeah, he is, probably. Um, Garyon Conley, Bradley Roby, both good players. And they have Damon Arnett. Eli Apple, easy win. Carson Lattimore. See, I'm telling you they're deep. Nah, you might have it. You might have it. Uh, Jalen Ramsey went to FSU, right? Yeah. Does FSU get consideration just because of Jalen Ramsey? I don't think so. Low-key, South Carolina. Why? Gilmore, Jonathan Joseph, DJ Swearinger. Yeah, I guess. Those are from guys from a long time ago, though. No, they are. Recent. Okay, let's move on. We move on. We move on. There's a lot of My next question was, who would have won the Heisman in a normal year? In a normal year? Yeah, like say... It would have been between Fields and Lawrence, I think. Yeah. Because also you have to realize Trevor Lawrence got COVID. And yeah, that screwed him over. He missed two, I think he missed four games in total, which has a big effect. No, it was... I don't know about four, but it was... His team was the most important game of the season. Yeah, exactly. And that also always boosts your resume. Yeah, and so I think he would definitely have a better resume. And Clemson would probably be undefeated. So I think he would have been up there, and I think um, Justin Fields also would have been because they were going to play Oregon, who's not who looks bad now, but they they didn't they wouldn't have they would have been ranked at the beginning of the season. 
And I think Fields with more, like, I guess, consistency in the games he plays would have performed better, in my opinion. And then a follow-up question to that. I think it just would have been Lawrence. I just think Lawrence is the best quarterback. Yeah. But I think Fields is probably built for college football better because he's more mobile and dynamic. Mm-hmm. My, my follow-up question was COVID's effect on college football. Like, what do you think the biggest thing that happened? Like, I think for me, it's that Ohio State is in an absolute lock for the playoff that they should be. I think hmm, – I'm going to say three things. So Top three. We, Huh? Yeah, exactly. I guess you could say that. Um, One thing is that uh, Notre Dame-Clemson would have looked a lot different. Notre Dame, I don't think, would be in contention for the playoff right now. Two, Ohio State would be a lock for the playoff right now, as long as providing they won the Big Ten Championship. And three, one of the Pac-12, there would be a Pac-12 team that would be in contention for the CFP as well. Which one? Oregon? I think Washington USC, possibly because the USC just aren't very good. I know, but with a 12 team schedule, it's possible. Like if a 12 and 0 Pac 12 team that or 13 and 0 and they win the Pac 12 championship, they're gonna make it. Miguel, don't tell me. Let me guess your number one team is. Do they are they from Tuscaloosa? Yes. Does I, your favorite NFL team's quarterback did he go there? Yes, it's Alabama. Really? I never saw that one coming. Well, who else is going to be? Of course it's Alabama. Who, Clemson? Like, they're, they're the, no, they're the clear number one team. Yeah, they, they probably are. They haven't even played a game where they've looked bad. They want, They beat every team by like two touchdowns at least. They beat now number five Texas A&M by three touchdowns. was never a close game. Um, I don't even like Alabama that much, and I think they're a clear number one. They're going to be number one in the college football playoffs, so I don't see how. The only way they're not is if they somehow lose to Florida. Say it again? The only way they're not number one is if they lose to Florida. I don't think they will. If they lose to Florida, they make the playoff, though, still. Yeah, maybe. Because I'll take a one-loss Alabama over a one-loss Clemson. Even an undefeated – or one-loss Notre Dame. Or Texas A&M. Or undefeated Ohio State, I would take a one-loss Alabama over. No. Uh, five and still be, you'll be six. If Alabama, if Alabama lost, I don't think Florida would make it. Still, two loss SEC championship. I don't think they would make it. I think they'd have a they'd have a good shout. They don't really have a signature. They beat Georgia, who's not very good. They're overrated, but and Georgia's are all right. They're they're okay. They're not that. They're not that good. Can um, can we just create? Can we just hope for as much madness as possible so Cincinnati can get in? Yeah, I hope so. How did that happen? So Ohio State loses, Notre Dame wins, Alabama loses. No, Alabama would have to win. So, okay. Florida would be out of contention for so sure. So Alabama wins. Clemson would have to lose too. ND wins. Locks. Ohio State loses. Yeah. So that means there's two spots set in. If Alabama wins in this A&M, scenario. A&M would make one. Of A&M them. would make it. Then I think maybe Cincinnati have a shout here. It would, between, it would be between... Cincinnati and Georgia. No, it would be between Cincinnati, Ohio State, and Clemson. Or if USC won the Pac-12. Actually, let me change that. It would be between Cincinnati, Northwestern, probably. Because Northwestern would be a one-loss. They're not, they're not going to put Northwestern in. I know. They wouldn't but- put a one-loss Big Ten champion who's, who hasn't played enough. 
What are, are USC are undefeated, right? Yeah, but they've played like four games. Yeah, but do you, I think that if there was if there was an undefeated conference championship in this scenario, yeah, maybe you just said if they haven't played enough, they don't deserve to make it. Yeah, but North. What I mean is Northwestern would have already lost. Uh, that's my point. Yeah, I think that this way. So that's what we'll be rooting for. We want Alabama and Notre Dame to win. Right. We want Ohio State and Clemson to lose. That's what we both want, right, Miguel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But yeah, we just want as much chaos as possible. And my number one team is, you know it. Clemson, I know. I, I Give your argument. I want to see what it is. The Clemson Tigers. Thank you for not interrupting me, Miguel. Uh, what's my argument for that? Basically... Best quarterback, best running back, solid defense, good coach, and apart from their one game, apart from without Trevor Lawrence, they've looked pretty much unstoppable. So, the second reason I'm going to say that I don't think Clemson is number one is they have a loss against Notre Dame, and even though they were missing some players, 47 points for the best team in the nation or the top contender is still unacceptable in my opinion. They were playing away, which won't happen in the playoff or in the ACC championship game. Mm-hmm. And I just think that because of that, Clemson are, in my opinion, the best team in the nation. Now, and they also have one of the best stadiums in the real Death Valley, the real Tiger Stadium. Oof, that's a tough one. Is There's, it? I think, honestly, even as an Ohio State fan, I think Penn State's fans and stadium yeah, is probably... Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that the white... Crazy. The whiteout is so cool. It it looks pretty good. LSU being Death Valley, maybe, maybe. I think Clemson's looks better because like the run down the hill is sick. But what else is it sick? I think uh, the Oregon Duck Stadium in Eugene, Oregon's really cool. Both yeah. LA teams, Rose Bowl and the Memorial Coliseum, both incredible stadiums, historical. Yeah, those are both cool. Ohio Stadium kind of sucks. Okay. Michigan, the big house, like, you might hate Michigan, but you have to admit their stadium is so sick. Their stadium is pretty cool. I think Ohio Stadium is better. It's still, it's just a horseshoe. Okay, whatever. But, like, I don't know. It sucks this year that there's no fans. It's really annoying because it kind of ruins the entire vibe of college football. Yeah, I know, but, like, COVID is pretty bad, Miguel. I know. It, I'm just saying that's that's one bad side effect. Yeah, that is not great, the fans, because, like, when I think about college football, like as I haven't mentioned yet on this episode, but I'm going to mention it. Um, as you probably know, I'm British. You surprised how long it took me to mention it? Uh, yeah, took you a pretty long time. But what I was going to say is, so like, part of British like soccer or football or the Premier League, part of what makes it so good and part of what makes European soccer so great is because the fans are so much more passionate than professional sports fans here in the states. Like you'll see fans singing their lungs out the entire game. And the only sport I've really been able to see that here is college football. It's like the only sport that has the same levels of passion, which makes sense because in America, the teams are always in the biggest cities. Like the, if you look at like the 30 the 40 biggest cities, I'm pretty sure all of the 30 MLB teams will be in one of those cities. And I think part of that, that you lose its magic because realistically in New York city, there's so many things going on here that the Giants aren't our biggest attention. Like in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, in Norman, Oklahoma, what are they? Oh, Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma and Alabama are the two biggest things there. That's what people care about the most. And I think that's part of why the passion's so good. You see that in Europe with like small teams in small towns like Blackburn or Burnley who have 
teams who have competed for championships, competing in the top flight. The Dor- Borussia Dortmund fan. Dortmund's not a massive city. It's not small. Since it's not the biggest city, it's not Berlin. Their fans go crazy every game because it's what they have to brag about in their city. And I think that the lack of that in American sports, partly because America's just too big for this to work. There's too many ma- large cities. It's part You partly lose its passion. Is that fair to say? Um, I guess that's fair to say. I think college football in part is because of that whole, like the whole fan culture is like, like in a small, in a small town where college football is the biggest part of sports. Usually Um, that's definitely true. I don't think cities are just like ignorant to sports either. They still have a good fan culture, but for college football, like, you know, the fans are all diehard. Um, And I don't think you can say the same for a lot of all fans for a lot of, um, professional sports in the United States. So I think that is definitely true. Like, yeah. So you agree with me? <laughs> yes, I do agree with I that. think it's partly because they're, it's like kind of similar to in Friday night lights where everybody, and that's the only thing there is in Dillon, Texas is the Dillon high school football team. It's cause that's really the biggest thing happening there. Cause as much in LA, the biggest thing is not going to be the Lakers. It never will be. It's always going to be the entertainment business and that's fine. But if you do you think that's partly why people in LA don't care as much about the Lakers as people in Tampa might care about Arizona State? I think that I think that it's just like that's true, and I think that it's easier to become a bandwagon when like people move a lot more often. But when you go to college, that's the only college you go to. You will stay loyal to that no matter where you move. And what if, what if I don't go to Clemson? Who will I stay loyal to? I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, I'll support whoever I go to college, unless it's like a scummy team. Watch me go to like South Carolina or somewhere where I have to hate Clemson. But yeah, I think that the fans are, let's do it right now. Best fans in college football. Ohio State is up there. They have an, a hundred thousand, uh, it seats a hundred thousand in the stadium. So they're up there. I'm telling you they're up there. Um, LSU also. Penn State also. I mean, there's so many teams that have good fans. A&M. A&M. Oh, they have one of the best fan bases. But for me, Arkansas. Really? Yeah, Arkansas or Ole Miss. Those are my two top. You're so obsessed with the Egg Bowl. Because have you watched a documentary on SB Nation's YouTube? No. About the Egg Bowl? It's about, like, it's a four videos. It's about, like, bribery and college football, but, like, about the Michigan – Mississippi, Mississippi State rivalry. You should watch it. Anybody who's listening, you should watch it. It's really interesting, really good watch. I'll text it to you after this. Cut that part out, obviously. No, no, I think keep it in. It, it, it has a little banter. Welcome back to the Top 3 Podcast. So, it looks like we've wrapped up our top three contenders. I had... In third, Notre Dame, and second, Ohio State, and first, Alabama. And Zach, you had? I had Texas A&M, Alabama, Clemson, that order. As college football is an often evolving sport, I was thinking, what changes would you make to college football? Miguel, what what changes would you make? You're the NCAA commissioner. What are the changes? So first, I would probably do the thing where I actually give players some kind of compensation of money. Oh, like a Supreme Court case that? The case at the Supreme Court just agreed yes. to hear? Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that later, though. But okay. I think the college 
I well, I, I love the college football video game. I mean, it, it's been, what, six or seven years since it came out. It, it's necessary to bring that back. And another thing is to expand the college football playoff to six teams. I mean, what do you think about that? Six teams? How do you do that? Well, how, how you do a six-team format so, so the first and second teams get by. No, what I mean is, like, who is it just – are committee just choose the six teams? Yeah, I know. Same thing as okay. the playoff now. But. Here's what I would do. Speaking about the playoff, I say you expand it to eight teams. The first four games are played the week after um, conference champion week. So if the four teams that lose in the quarterfinals can play in bowl games, and these games are all played at home, they're at home of the higher seed. And the way that eight seeds work is five of them are the power five conference winners. If you win your conference, you're in. Two are power five wild cards, or wild cards total. And then the third one, there has to be at least one group of five team in. So we could see, did Central Florida actually deserve to make a claim? See, the thing that I don't – I just don't like that – I like the 18 thing. I like the whole thing with the quarterfinals and you get to make a bowl game, all that. I just – I don't know. For some reason, I don't like the whole thing where it has to be set. Like, if you if you win your conference championship, you're in because then that leaves – then that makes the quality of teams. It gives a possibility that, the, that they will be much worse. And the whole thing with, like, a – group of five team making it because they're going to be an eight seed anyways. So they're going to play against a one seed. They're probably going to lose. Yeah. But they realistically deserve a shot to say, I think this would be great for college football because one, it would make it easier for group of five teams to recruit. Cause then they could say, we actually have a legitimate shot at the championship because Cincinnati could go undefeated and win each game by 50 points. And they still wouldn't make the playoffs this year. I agree with that. But if you have eight teams, then, if a group of team, if, if a group of five team is that good to make the playoff, they will be a top eight in the CFP uh, top twenty-five. Uh, my next change I would make is I'd bring. I think that these two can go hand in hand. Was like the uh, bring back the video game and um, allow them to be compensated because realistically, if the players are allowed to be compensated, the video game will come because the reason it wasn't it got bit stopped. It's because of licensing agreements because they weren't allowed to make mo- the players weren't allowed to make money. Speaking about that, the Supreme Court just agreed to hear a case next year. Basically, it was an antitrust case, basically saying that if the Supreme Court, according to Wall Street Journal, the Supreme Court agreed to decide whether the National Collegiate Athletic Association violated federal antitrust law by maintaining tight limits on compensating college athletes. This is a case that could determine the future shape of college sports. And the court, in a brief written order Wednesday, said it would hear the NCAA's appeal of lower court rulings that found the association unlawfully limited competition for college athletes by restricting the kinds of compensation they could receive related to their education. So basically what that's saying is that they're going to review whether athletes should be allowed to be compensated in any sense. And if the college football programs are being unfair by not giving them their share of what these teams are making off them. Yeah. The thing I don't get about this is names and likenesses. I have, I can't fathom to understand why players don't deserve their own names and likenesses. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I deserve to be able to sign a deal with Gatorade and do Gatorade ads. These players have the right to deserve it. I kind of understand the point about the schools paying because does it just become players go to the school that offers most money? However, I think this could actually, the NCAA's main argument about this is basically saying if we allow names and likenesses, players will only go to Alabama, Ohio state. And I heavily disagree. First off players already overwhelmingly go to these big schools. 
Sure. Second off, from a marketing standpoint, it could be more attractive to be the best player at, say, UCLA in a big market, which has a good amount of fans, than to be the a top 10 player at Oregon. Yeah, definitely. Because then even if you're a big player at a smaller school, um, even if it's Power 5 or if it's like well-known enough, you're still going to get some kind of deal. So I, I agree with you on that. I think they, they should get some kind of – they, they should be allowed to be in commercial or make some kind of deal. However, I think that – why stop at that? I think the school should be allowed to pay them. I think – yeah, that's a tough, that's tough territory because I think that the argument is like, do you pay all athletes? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that the best solution would probably be that every program pays each of their athletes that they have on a scholarship the same amount. But that is also that also can lead to some problems because obviously some programs make a lot more than others. So there's going to be pushback on that. So it's kind of tough there. Uh I, I have a few different ways this can be figured out. My first idea is have like an independent jurisdiction decide how much each player is worth to be paid. Because like realistically, Trevor Lawrence deserves to be paid more than the backup, snap, backup yeah, long snapper. Yeah, just becomes NFL. But it's not because there's – you won't get paid nearly as much. And realistically, the level of play is never going to be the same. Secondly, my other way I could do this is you have a salary cap – or how much each player can be paid. So maybe it's something like no player can be paid more than, let's say, 100000 a year. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing I was proposing, yeah. Because that way, realistically, if you're Trevor Lawrence, every school is going to be willing to pay you $100,000 a year because you're that good of an athlete. There's not going to be a massive gap between what Central Michigan will pay you and what Ohio State will pay you because they will both be willing to – they'll both be able to afford that. And since the and the idea that these schools don't have enough money is laughable. Didn't Saban has a seven point five million dollar a year contract? Yeah, these coaches get paid a lot of money when they're profiting off of unpaid labor, yeah. which is completely unfair. So I think that the Supreme Court said they'll hear this; they'll have their decision out in around June. So this will probably, uh, hopefully, affect the next college football season. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. It might take a few years, but. I mean, if the case basically says this is unlawful, a few things. I read, like, a short story about this in a book about what if Jerry Tarkinan, the UNLV coach, beat the NCAA. The NCAA could have literally just dissolved. Because if the NCAA has no power, why should the schools listen? Yeah. And there's a number of questions that happen. Like, could – so Clemson's a Nike school. Could Trevor Lawrence sign an Adidas deal? Hmm, that too, yeah. So here's my full idea. Basically – Athletes, they still got their deals cannot cross their school, if that makes sense. Yeah. And as that the school are not related to. So if Trevor Lawrence were to do a say TD Ameritrade ad, he cannot wear a Clemson jersey in it. He cannot profit off of using the school's merch. However, he can use his own likeness as long as it's not a direct competitor to Clemson. That's just my proposal. No, and there's I agree. And there's a certain cap to how much each player could be paid. $100,000 is just an amount. It could be legitimately anywhere between that and a million. Cool. Maybe make a rule that in, you get rid of the scholarships rule and instead you can have three players who make the max, 10 players who make. It, it can get confusing, more and more confusing from here. But I think, no, I think you're, what you're saying, I think I agree with generally. It There's some nuances that will be difficult to figure out, but I think that 
I mean, just the the case that at least they're taking it to, to the Supreme Court, which means it's going to be a big case. And it's just, it's something to be excited for. We might get uh, NCAA 21, which is exciting. Great. According to the same Wall Street Journal article I was quoting, uh, lower court rulings found the association unlawfully limited. So I've, I haven't done a lot of research into it. I don't know if these courts were overwhelmingly liberal, overwhelmingly conservative, because that legitimately might be the big thing at the end of the day. We're not going to get too much into politics here, because like this is a sports and entertainment podcast, but does the court's overwhelming conservative majority end up affecting this? I think no, because conservatives often are very pro-free market, and I think that this is a free market idea. Yeah, I, I don't really want to get too into that. I don't think that's like, it's not too political, it's just saying like... No, 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 no I get it. That's as far deep as we'll go. Well, just know that you should be on the lookout for some changes to the NCAA. Or maybe not. Maybe the court just says the NCAA is doing the right thing. Because in 1980, this, this is the first, this is monumental because the court hasn't heard a case about the NCAA since 1984. That's 37 years ago. Well, it'll be 37 years ago when this case is heard. And that case ended up allowing massive TV broadcasts deals it was about the university of oklahoma but that's what i see maybe something similar happens i think most likely what happens is that they allow names and likenesses but don't allow schools to directly pay to athletes although then it gets into something really complicated like say i'm a booster say i'm a big clemson fan and i own a massive i own a local restaurant do i pay this certain player a million dollars to be in my ad that will only, if he goes to Clemson, I'll be like, you can do this ad for a restaurant in South Carolina if you go to Clemson. No, but this way it's a lot easier to cheat a system. Basically, I can tell someone, hey, as a booster of Clemson. Oh, like when they're in high school. Not even that. It's just like, as a booster of Clemson, as a big Clemson fan, if you go to Clemson, I will give you this Got it. Uh, contract, exactly. this advertisement deal. You're going to make that, that illegal anyways. What? You're going to make that illegal. Anyways. Yeah, but then how do you make it illegal? Do you make it like a certain cap on how many, how much money you can make per ad? I think that they can't tell them that if you do this, we'll give you this. They can just tell them we would like you for our Yeah, but it could be like much. It could be something like, hey, if you come down to South Carolina, I have this great restaurant. Like it's going to be this realistically, this stuff happens anyways. Athletes are being paid to go to certain schools. Like we saw with that Nike case a year and a half ago. Realistically, I think that this is needed not only to first of all make it a fair playing field because if, every, if some schools are going to pay, every school should pay, should be allowed to pay, and not some schools are. Because realistically, Alabama could literally say on national team, uh, Alabama player could say, I was paid $2 million to go to Alabama. The NCAA would not ban Alabama from postseason. Alabama is too good and too big of a deal. So I think part of that is that the NCAA is inherently corrupt. I don't think they're, I think that real, we should get the NCAA dissolving would be best for college football. Make the Z, ZCAA, the Zach College. Athletic Association. Uh, yeah, no. now we're getting to like... The TT3AA. That's all I really have to say here. I think we went a little off topic. Maybe we should become a law podcast. Maybe we should become a marketing podcast. Who knows? Not a political podcast, though. We're not doing that. Yeah, but I mean, it started off as a college football episode, and we've talked all college football. We talked started with our top three contenders for the national title. We went from Heisman candidates all the way to the Supreme Court and the NCAA case with it. 
but I think it was a great episode and definitely worthwhile. We'll have hot takes for those hot takes. Follow us on Instagram at the top three podcast. We have some big news coming, some big things, big things in the plans. Next week, we have a very exciting guest on our NBA episode coming out December 28th. Thank you for listening. I'm Zach Cohen. I'm Miguel Munoz, and this is the top three podcast.